the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Situation Report today. Very glad to have you joining the conversation. This is the show where we do our very best to give you the information and perspectives you need to navigate an ever-changing culture. My name is Jeremy Stallnecker. Excited to have this conversation with a returning guest today. Uh, The landscape of our country is changing all of the time. We talk about that often on this show. And right now we're at a moment in time where the landscape is changing politically. Uh, In fact, it seems that because of so many of the issues that we do discuss on this show, that politicians are, in a way that perhaps they have not for a very long time, defining exactly what they believe. Uh, There was a time when if you said you were a Democrat or a Republican, that meant very specific things. It probably still means some specific things for Democrats, less so for Republicans. Uh, Again, we've talked a lot about this, that Republicans, uh, that, that phrase, that term, that party affiliation, it can mean so many different things. And for many, it's a list of talking points. It doesn't have much depth. So we try to differentiate ourselves. I vote Republican, but what I am is conservative. Well, what does that mean? (laughs) What does it mean to be conservative? That used to mean something. It means less today than it once did. This is changing all of the time. But now, because of issues like critical race theory, the gender issues that are being taught in schools, what we see in some places like Florida, where the governor is standing up against many of these so-called woke ideas, we are now dealing with the potential overturning of Roe v. Wade on a federal level. These issues are causing Republicans, conservatives, people on the right to really define who they are. The landscape is changing, and I'm uh, grateful to have a guest on with us today that can help us understand some of where we sit today, what the landscape currently looks like, and potentially where this could take us, good, bad, or otherwise. My guest today, again, he's been on with us in the past, is David Reboy. David works at the intersection of communications and policy, specializing in national security, political warfare, influence operations, and the media. He, in this interview, gives a little bit of his background, and you'll see what that means, the intersection of communications and policy. He has created and grown more than 20 websites and online publishing platforms, as well as run dozens of public policy and communications uh, campaigns. In addition, he is the president of Strategic Improvisation, a communications company focused on developing and executing impactful and flexible strategies for a variety of clients in the national security world. Very, very grateful to have him on with us. Uh, Hope you enjoyed this conversation with my guest, David Reboy. Man, thanks for joining us again. There's there's like a million things going on in the world right now. We we were just kind of talking about this. It's hard to narrow it down, but uh, thanks for jumping on. Um, can you, for those who are new maybe to you, just give us a little bit of background, um, maybe talk about what it means to be a right-wing Twitter pugilist, <laughs> as is in your bio. Um, talk about what you're into, and uh, then we'll jump into kind of a broad spectrum of questions. Sure. Well, thanks for having me on. Um, yes, sir. 
I guess I've been working in the uh, in the politics field for maybe the last uh, I guess 15, 20 years now, uh, mostly dealing with political warfare uh, and um, and and foreign policy, specifically in regards to the yeah. Middle East and and um, as as I've seen the last let's say half half decade at least, we've seen a lot of the insanity of the of the Middle East come to the United States in many ways, at least how, mm. um, at least, the, you know, the dynamics, uh, the dynamics between the, the, you know, the government and the media and, uh, and, and the proliferation of insane conspiracy theories by the government and yeah. the media. Um, yeah. so, uh, so it's a, it's a, it's a, let's say it's a target rich environment. Um, the, the U S uh, political landscape is. So, um, I've been writing for the last couple of years, actually about, um, national divorce and what I believe to be a inevitable split in the United States or 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 something um, because the there's no longer a, a as I argue there's no longer a coherent um, there's, there's really no longer a coherent ideology or philosophy that's keeping the United States together and I think it's just only a matter of time before it uh, it, it splits apart yeah. I think the national divorce is is what we talked about last time uh, you came on, and it's really interesting as things unfold. You know, like like me, I hope that you're wrong about that, about that. I don't think you are, but I hope you are because I'd like to see things get better and see these wounds heal and that. But um, even since the last time we talked a couple of months ago, the divide has become more and more and more. And this, uh, you know, we talked briefly a minute ago about the uh, abortion issue, and everyone is familiar with that. It's in the news all the time. But this wedge, it just continues to widen the gap. Um, one of the areas we've seen some of this play out, and I think I'd like to get your take on this as it relates to the national divorce, is in Florida. And uh, before we jumped on, we, again, we talked briefly about that. But that's a good example, I think, of what you've been writing about and what you've been talking about. Um, can you talk about some of that? Because I think it's such an instructive point and time for the rest of us. Sure. I mean, in regards to uh, in regards to, to the abortion thing, um, yes. I mean, uh, I've I've long said that what what happens here on out is not going to be exactly a replay of the um, of the you know U.S. Civil War of the uh, of the eighteen sixties. But sure. um, if anything, the abortion issue is very much like the slavery issue in terms of it mm. is a it is a thing that is uh, a moral issue. Um, that is has is and has been very important to people. Um, you know, like just as as an outside observer, um, not even taking a position on the issue, just just observing the the, uh, the the situation. You know, it looks awful. It looks an awful lot the same. I mean, we have one um, we have one group of folks who say no. It is um, it is imperative that all states must um, you know m- must allow abortion. And then you have another group of folks that say, no, we need, we want, uh, you know, we want some kind of federalist, uh, you know, yeah. federalism uh, type solution to be able to vote on it, uh, you know, state by state. And, you know, you've really got the situation where you've got um, folks at loggerheads. I'm not exactly sure um, how this uh, how this situation works itself out, but. It's um, you know it's going to be it's it's going to be far more um, you know contentious the further we go and that's something that I've been talking about for a long time which is that this thing doesn't 
this thing only goes one way. It only goes towards more mm. contentious. It only goes towards, um, you know, as they say, heightening the contradictions. Um, there's right. no there's no point at which, you know, two, three years from now, we'll just say, hey, you know what? This this um, this this divide between red states and blue states, it's just going to diffuse itself. It's just, you know, we're, we're just right. going to say, you sure. know what? We're not going to uh, we're not going to. Um, you know, we're not going to care about these things all that much. You know, that's not going to happen. Uh, things are going to be increasingly more uh, contentious. And, um, you know, there's nothing that I've ever seen that uh, that um, there's nothing that I've ever seen that uh, that, you know, points to points in the other direction. Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of their lives. He created the Giza Dream bed sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for you and me. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. Mike's latest incredible deal is the sale of the year. Sale of the year. That means it's not going to happen again. This is the sale of the year. What is it? For a limited time, you will receive 60% off the Giza Dream Sheets that comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. You will receive a set for as low as $39.99. For a limited time, with any purchase, you will receive Mike's soft cover book free when you use promo code SITREP. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code SITREP. Along with this offer, you will also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. For those of you that would rather use the phone, and some of you are out there, you know who you are, call 1-800-870-0283, use the promo code SITREP, or MyPillow.com and use the promo code SITREP. So it seems to be that, related to this particular issue, that kicking it back to the states is kind of the, let's find the peaceful solution to this. Each state can decide to do what they want to do. But again, as you just mentioned, we go back to the Civil War, and that was their answer in the the 40s and 50s, the 1840s and 50s. We know how that turned out in the 60s. It didn't work. Um, will, Will that be, you know, this friction that you talk about, the fact that it's not going to get better, um, I think in some people's minds, it's like, well, this is a way for people to decide. Do you want to live in a state where abortion is legal or live in a state where abortion is not legal? Or does this then create, you know, kind of the the underpinnings for a fight 10 years from now, again, on the federal level? Is that is that what you're talking about when you say it won't resolve itself? Right. Um, yeah. I mean, that's that's exactly what I'm saying. Um, there as as time goes on more people will vote with their feet more people will say you know what i'm i'm just not going to uh i'm i'm just i i can't live anymore in a state that you know either allows or bans um abortion or does you know any number of issues or right. does any number right. of things that that you know you kind of object to um that is going to intensify i mean we've seen what is what is it? Um, three almost four hundred thousand people came to Florida in the last you know year or two. That's a lot of right. people, um, right. and you've got the same thing right. going on in Texas and and into uh, Tennessee and and many other states. So um, people are really moving, and and what that's what that's going to do in the short term, or let's say the medium term, is it's going to make red states more red and blue states more blue, and. When it comes to politics, you're going to find, um, you know, you're, you're going to find that uh, that you encounter the same kind of problems in Congress, which is, 
you know, which will be, you know, basically stalemate. And, and, and I think what's going to happen is it's not going to be just abortion. I mean, abortion is the big one. Um, but there are many, many other things. I mean, for example, uh, I think uh, I've been very supportive of what Governor DeSantis has been doing in Florida in regards right. to right. the Stop Woke Act, in regards to the hmm. you know, anti-groomer legislation. There are going to be states that blue states that respond to that by passing their own laws, sort of, you know, being pro groomer legislation and, and, right. and pushing, um, you know, pushing woke stuff in the classroom even even more than than they currently are in response. So this is just going to um, intensify and it's really going to happen on every issue. So it's really I mean, as I say, it's only really a matter of time until it, it all catches up and, and until it all you know, winds up in a place where I think it's going to get ugly. If this plays out the way that you think it will, and the way you've written about and talked about, what what is that ugly? What does that look like? What is the end of that? It's, um, I mean, it could be one of many other things. Um, when I say ugly, you know, obviously the first thing that comes to mind is is a kind of violent conflict. Now, nobody wants that. Um, yeah. So that's, you know, that's what I mean by ugly. But that's not really the only thing that can happen. Um, we don't know what the future holds. I mean, right now the economy is, the, right now the economy looks terrible. Well, you know what? It could look a lot worse um, around the corner next year in, in, in two years. You never know. We can have, um, you know, an, another depression or an economic cataclysm, you know, yeah. or or any other kind of cataclysm. So, Really, we don't know. And I think we're at the point where, you know, God forbid, if there's another 9-11 attack or something, uh, the the United States will, you know, we're at each other's throats. We're not going to respond the way we did in 9-11, where, you know, at least for a moment, we all came together and we all, yeah. um, you know, kind of came together in a, in a patriotic way. I think we're in a completely different time and the acrimony is at a fever pitch. And... Um, you know, when when you ask, you know, what is it going to look like when it gets ugly? Um, I don't think we want to know. Yeah, I, I again, maybe it's naive on my part, because, again, I hope that <laughs> your conclusion is wrong. Um, and it doesn't look like it is. And I think, you know, as you mentioned, we don't know where this takes us, but it will take us somewhere difficult. But there's a, a naive, perhaps, belief, but it's one that I tend to uh, hold on to when I'm feeling bad about how things are happening or going in America, is that what we see, particularly in the woke movement and a lot of these very progressive policies, and even, uh, you know, as Congress tries to push a bill through the Senate, um, codifying Roe, all of these things, that these people are not representing Americans. So, uh, again, what I like to hold on to is, well, they're doing this crazy stuff, but eventually Americans who have been very quiet, who represent the majority, are going to stand up or step up and say, enough is enough. We need to get back to a place where we're not talking about, you know, sex to kindergartners. And we're not, we're not, you, you're a business, sell your product and stay out of everything else. And some of these other issues, they'll just go away because Americans will finally step up. Do you not see that as being a potential outcome of what we're living through right now? Um, I mean, it's, I guess it's a potential outcome, but I think it's highly unlikely. Um, it's unlikely, you know, for a number of reasons, namely because it's, it's really not up to a vote. I mean, it would be wonderful if it, if it was. Um, mm. I do agree with you. I think the, the, most of the American people are not insane. Most of the American people right. do not want the woke stuff. <laughs> right. Um, right. And, you know, most of the American people are, 
you know, re- relatively insane and, and commonsensical. Um, unfortunately, uh, you know, that and five bucks will get you a cup of Starbucks. <laughs> um, because because right. the, 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 the people who run things, or let's say, you know, to, to sound kind of less conspiratorial about it, the, the institutions that run things, um, because it's not about, you know, one or, or any sure. know, small group of, heap, of people. It's, it's an institution with, um, uh, with uh, inertia. And these are all sort of pointed towards the left. You know, for, for example, the, uh, the perfect example is, you know, parents can line up and they say, you know what, we don't want CRT in our schools. We don't want weird... Yeah. sexualization of our yeah. K through third graders. Um, you know, it, we, we don't want that stuff in our schools. But guess what? They do not control what goes on in schools. The people who mm. do control it are the teachers unions and the school administrators. And a lot of these people are very committed to the leftist project. They will burn down the school, metaphorically speaking, right. uh, before they will allow, before they will let go of um, you know, of, of these, the, these things. So, um, yeah. uh, you know, what we're seeing in Florida is, is great because the governor is standing up, his, his department of health is standing up and they're, and they're trying to push back on some of the insanity, but you know, the, the fight is not over. Yes. Uh, you know, yes, the people of Florida, uh, where I live, you know, we, we, um, we achieved a great victory when it comes to Disney. We got Disney to back off, but that yeah. is just a battle. It's not the war. And, uh, and the war is going to be heavy and it's going to be hard. Uh, we're seeing, you know, some shifts in culture. And again, I, I keep going back to the abortion issue just because that's what's present. That's what's in the news. Um, it's been interesting to watch as we approach the midterms to watch politicians, um, particularly on the right, try to differentiate themselves. I've asked this question of a couple of people. How do you know which one is the real conservative when you have two, you know, so-called conservatives running in the same, you know, district for the same position? Um, and I think things like removing the federal protection of abortion, in a lot of ways, that can help those on the right because now conservatives are going to have to identify. <laughs> in the past, we've been able to say, well, I'm running for state whatever, an assembly position, I'm running for this or that. What happens there, I have no control over, so I don't need to take a position. It seems like many of these issues now, CRT, you mentioned, um, all the gender stuff, abortion, some of these issues now are forcing conservatives to really identify whether or not they're actually conservative. Do you think some of these moves are good for the conservative party or are they ultimately, you know, it really doesn't matter. People will vote for who they vote for. No, uh, these things are fantastic. These things are, are absolutely essential. And, um, and as you say, you can tell really who's who when it comes to, uh, when it comes to primaries, when it comes to, uh, folks who are running for office, you know, who's yeah. kind of just, just mouthing the talking points. Sure. Uh, you know, these are relatively new issues, you know, CRT and, and the, the anti-groomer stuff and, uh, and, and a bunch of other things, you know, the, the, yeah. the Ukraine war. Um, sure. these are, right. are new issues that, that just came up. What does that mean? That means they're not in the, um, approved, uh, you know, 2004 <laughs> GOP sure. consultants handbook for how to win an election. Right. Um, right. You know, right. that, that by now <laughs> right. everyone has memorized, everyone knows the talking points. They just go and they just yeah. repeat them. And, you know, guess what? It's not 2012. Um, things have changed. If you show up yeah. and you're talking like it's 2012, uh, 
um, the, the, the voters will have no use for you. And I think justifiably so. So you're going to have to take a position on things like, um, you know, like, uh, like the, 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 uh, the, the trans stuff or, um, or, uh, let's say big tech and the, mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and the free speech, the free expression issue. Um, yeah. or are you going to say, no, it's, you know, my, my private corporations can sort of do whatever they want. Um, yeah. so I think this is very good in terms of, uh, of folks who are on the right and in, look, I mean, this is what people care about. The, the, the folks who vote Republican are out there, they're on Facebook and they're on Instagram and, and Twitter. And these are the issues that, that, that they're interested in. And yes. they deserve to have politicians that also care about these issues. I mean, one of the reasons why DeSantis is so popular and why he's so good and, and people are like, wow, he's he's not a fake Republican that, you know, Chamber of Commerce, fake Republican. That's just right. Reading right. off the talking points. Right. Why? I mean, he was a Rush Limbaugh listener, um, you know, in his youth. He's mm. just he's, yeah. if, you know, he is a you know, he is a, 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 a GOP base voter. Um, so of course he's going to do he's going to do the things that the GOP yeah. base voter wants, and um, and I think that the more politicians that we can elect that that do identify with the normal base voter of the party, um, the, the the better. Yeah, I it, I think that what you're saying it makes so much sense in terms of the country, and I think our country will be better off. Um, as someone who lives in California, <laughs> and I do, I raise my family here in California, um, a lot of those things do concern me because I feel like we are moving beyond, we probably moved beyond the point where politically we can turn things around in California because of these other issues. Because if someone runs in California as pro-life, anti-CRT, um, anti-grooming law stuff, they're just, many Californians would support them, but those who control the political landscape here, the political narrative here won't. Um, and that, you know, that is scary. And again, I think it goes back to what you're talking about with the division and, and those things. Um, what are you seeing as it relates to the midterms? Um, you were talking about what's happening in Pennsylvania and some of the other states. Um, good, bad, or otherwise, what are some of the interesting things that you're seeing right now? Well, I'm seeing a couple interesting positive things. I mean, we see Blake Masters and, and J.D. Vance mm -hmm. Um, you know, who are running for, uh, for Senate in, uh, um, yes. in Arizona and in, um, in, in Ohio, respectively. Ohio, yeah. And they are great and they're a new type of Republican. And this is, this is fantastic. I think, I think these folks reflect where the party is today. Um, you know, Ohio, Ohio looks like it's a mess. Um, <laughs> you know, I haven't been really following that race until, um, until kind of what's happening recently. But, yeah. you know, what, 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 what's happening is the, um, you know, Donald Trump endorsed Oz in Pennsylvania. So strange. Which is very, yeah. very strange. And it very makes strange. no sense. And I think it's a non-starter for a whole lot of Republicans in, uh, in Pennsylvania. And especially if you're, if you're a high information Republican voter, you are not voting for Oz. And, right, correct. And you're correct. looking at the issue, and you're saying, "What's wrong with Donald Trump?" And um, and I mean, there are other endorsements that he made. I mean, he he you know he endorsed uh, JD in Ohio, which I thought was great. And he it's funny. Yeah. I mean, he sent me a note, a personal note, saying, you know, um, 
you know, basically, you know, I, I did what you asked for in, in, uh, in endorsing Vance, which, which I thought was, was fantastic. But, yeah, you know, the awesome. more, the more Republican voters look around and they say, you know, Donald Trump is not necessarily the guy who has his, his hand on the pulse of what GOP voters want. I mean, let's be honest. He was never that guy. Um, you sure. know, he was, sure. he was a guy who tapped into issues that were very important for, for a lot of Americans. Um, and, and he was alone in embracing some of those issues, mm. you know, in immigration was, was a big one, tariffs, another one, you know, trade. Um, and, um, I mean, he's endorsed, I think, uh, you know, um, Ortegas in, uh, in, in Tennessee where he should have in, uh, endorsed Robbie Starbuck. I mean, there are a lot of these endorsements that, that, you know, people have found weird and, um, let's say incorrect at best. Um, so I think what that's showing people is that, you know, folks are making a determination on their own, which is really good. And uh, good. nobody's endorsement should be, you know, should be gold and, and sacrosanct. Uh, people should make up their own minds. And, and we'll see. I mean, it looks like a three-way race uh, in, uh, in, um, in Pennsylvania. I'm not sure who will win. I just know that I don't want Oz to win. Right. Um, because, right. you know, he wasn't good on daytime television. Right. I mean, I didn't know who he yeah. was. And I'm watching <laughs> clips where he's talking about the, you know, where he's he's one of the um, the primary folks who was mainstreaming the transgender yep. children yep. thing. And I, I mean, I watched these clips and I was like, are you kidding? Hell no. Yeah. There's yep. no way that, you know, there's, there's no way that this guy should be in the Senate supporting, uh, right. you know, right. uh, pr- uh, representing Republicans. Um so, you know, we'll see, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens in, in that race. But yeah. um, I think in November, what's going to happen is it, there will be a red wave. And uh, frankly, it's really, you know, you, you can't really uh, thank the Republicans for knocking it out of the park. I mean, this is all due no. to the Democrats yeah. making yes. a big mess. And, uh, yeah. and, you know, I mean, I, I so from my perspective, I think the the um, the more right wing um, folks we can get on the ballot in November all around the country, I think the you know the better we will do because um, I mean, if not now, then when? Um, yeah. The other thing is that yeah. you know, frankly, yeah. when it comes to blue states in general, I really don't care that much. Um, I, I mean, as I said earlier, the, the goal here, you know, given what the trend lines are, the goal here is to make red states redder and to make purple states more red, to make purple states red sure. states. And um, yeah. aside from that, it really doesn't matter. I mean, you can go, you could spend millions of dollars and, um, on, you know, trying to win a race in, in you know, congressional seat in Baltimore. Who cares at the end of the day? That is not, you know, that is not a smart way to spend money. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the, the, um, the better thing to do, I think, is to make sure that you, you have the, the most conservative folks in red states who are, who are serving, you know, and that means going and replacing folks who are rhinos in red states. And there are a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's assume that there is a red wave and that this happens. The Republicans, um, have been historically extremely disappointing. I, I have, uh, I, I've been a Republican, I guess, my entire life. My dad was, and so I was, and, and uh, I grew up and started voting, and, and I voted Republican. I'm very conservative. 
I was telling someone this morning that I'm almost embarrassed anymore to tell people I'm a Republican because they're they're just as bad in so many ways as Democrats. We were having a conversation about um, Christian, pro-life Democrats, and it's such a weird thing to me. I know there are a couple of them out there, but such a weird thing to me. And, and I made the, the comment, well, I'm, I'm embarrassed to call myself a Republican now because of how bad Republicans are. I can't imagine being a conservative Christian pro-life Democrat. It's got to be horrible, <laughs> horrible. But um, do they even exist anymore? I'm not sure. If they, I don't I'm know. Not sure I mean, some of them exist. say they do. Yeah, some of them say they do. We were talking about uh, someone who's running for office somewhere in, in Chicago, and uh, he's a pastor. I can't remember his name right now, but I, I was just, I was kind of taken back for that. Like, who are these people? How can you be a Democrat? And anyhow, my but I, I get really concerned when I think about Republicans winning the midterms, particularly in a red wave, because they've been so disappointing. <laughs> what will they do different than they've done in the past? And how do they set us up for a presidential win in 24? I, I'm very concerned. I'd almost feel better if we were on the other side of the midterms right now and the Democrats were destroying the country because then we'd have a chance at the at the White House. Uh, what will they do different, and does this set us up in a good way, or is it kind of that tenuous, shaky, we'll see kind of ground? Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> you ask a pessimist, and you know you get a pessimistic answer. Yeah, um, well, I'm a pessimist right now, right, too. Right. Look, I mean, the, if the Republicans um, can promise anything, they can promise to break your heart, and they can promise, you know, they they can promise right. to, you know, that. Look, but unfortunately, right now, that's the only game in town. Mm. Um, the long, the, the, the long-term plan is to take over the Republican party and to, um, uh, and, and to, and to change it and really to get rid of these folks who, I mean, as you say, they'll win, they'll say very nice things. And then at the end of the day, they'll do nothing or they will be counter, you know, completely counterproductive. Um, yeah. I mean, one of the things that, that, I mean, you say you don't want to be, even be called a Republican. I don't even want to be called a conservative anymore. Yeah, sure. Uh, based right. on, you know, just based on the, um, yeah, the, the, the loser bill, um, <laughs> you know, nature of what, let's say the conservative yeah. movement in the United States has, has, uh, has, has achieved, um, let's say over the last 40, 50 years. I mean, it's been very, very little. Um, yeah. so look, I mean, I, I say that I'm on the right. Um, I, I no longer say that I'm a Republican or a conservative and, uh, I mean, this is this is what happens. But th- then again, we we are um, we're in a political system. We've got to pick somebody to vote right. for sure. who, who best sure. represents us. And, best represents and right. Either and if he's not going to represent best represent us, then at least he can um, he can serve as a block to people who are affirmatively you know wanting mm-hmm. to harm us. Um, so look, that's that's where 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 we are. Um, it was what I said earlier about uh, about JD and about Blake Masters. Um, these are really good people, and this is a really good yeah. step. And um, one of the, the thing that I like about both of them is they're both smart guys. Yeah, there has, right. there has been they're they're both smart, right. and they're both they're clearly both competent at what they do, and they're not going to show up, and they're not going to be you know wacka wackadoodles who are going to. Uh, basically be our AOCs. I mean, we have that issue sure, too, sure. which is that, yes, we do. which is that, you know, um, AOC, her job is to be a social media influencer. 
I mean, she doesn't do anything in Congress. Her job is to go on, um, you know, go on TikTok or go on Instagram and sort of make headlines and get people to follow her, get people uh, engaged in, 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 in Democrat politics. Look, we, we, there, there are now folks who are, who are, you know, doing that on the right too. And, um, you know, to some extent, they, um, they're kind of required in 2022. This is what we need. But on the other hand, too, is we shouldn't forget, we shouldn't say that, you know, we can't build a, let's say, a governing coalition. We can't get the things that we want enacted into law if we have a bunch of social media influencers. At the end of the day, we want people who are, you know, who are, yeah. who are killers, yeah, who are, you know, really good at what they do and who yeah. will uh, accomplish something. That's really good. I, I was talking to uh, Ryan Gerdusky uh, last week, mm-hmm. and uh, you know Ryan, and he, he worked very closely with J.D. Vance. And, and one of the things he said about him was that he, he won on policy, and he won on his ability to explain policy, why he believes what he believes, and why this is important. And that is exactly what the Republican Party, certainly people on the right, need. We need people who can explain on all of these issues, why why is CRT a bad idea? It, well, it's it's not about race. It's not racism. There are real repercussions. Who can explain that? Uh, all of these is, is, issues, the gender issues, all these other issues, the compassion arguments for why our borders are open. We need people who can stand up and actually make a coherent case for why we should do something different. And we just haven't had that. You're exactly right. Do you see that? You gave two great examples. Do you see that being the way that the conservative politicians, that conservative politicians or those on the right are beginning to uh, to be, that's not a good sentence, but are we seeing more and more of those or are these two kind of unicorns and we hope that someone yeah, will learn I something? Yeah, I think we're seeing more of those. I think, um, I think Ron DeSantis uh, is, is a great example sure. of yeah, right. I mean, someone else right. who is, I mean, those, those two guys who, you know, we, we like, you know, they are not governing right now they're candidates and they're running right. for right you know they're running for for the senate um i asked desantis uh over dinner what you know how did you like serving in congress and he said it was terrible he, he's like <laughs> i hated every minute of it, minute of it and i said yeah. why it's like because i couldn't do anything it's like mm. the most i could do is i could have an investigation i could i could run a committee i could do something but it's not like being the yeah. governor where you can right. actually affect right. people's lives right. and do things that are important for Americans. And, um, yeah. you know, and, and I think that's where we need to concentrate. If we have great people who are serving in the Senate and in the House, hey, that's fantastic. But we need, even more important than that, we need mayors and we need governors yeah. and, uh, and, and folks in the state legislatures who are going to be, um, you know, who are, who are going to be men and women of action and uh, and who are going to do the right thing in these places. Um, I, I mean, Texas is terrible. I used to live in Texas. Texas is terrible when it comes to gliding on its own reputation yep. as being, you know, this great conservative state and, you know, the you know, land of the cowboys. And, and we're so, you know, we're so right wing. And um, they really need to, uh, you know, they really need to get with the program because there are many, many um, wonderful voters. I mean, the Texas Republican voters are fantastic, but their leaders right. kind of suck and have kind right. of sucked for a good long time. 
So, right. I mean, this is an opportunity for the people of Texas to, to clean house. It's an opportunity for people in Utah. I mean, Utah is being run by, um, you know, <laughs> by these abs- absolute absurdities who are, who are, in, you know, who are kind of claiming to be Republicans. They have, they have yeah. the R next to their name, but I mean, they're, yeah. they're, um, they're not at all reflective of, of, of Utah conservatives or Utah Republicans. Right. Um, you know, go from state to state. And this is the same problem in South Carolina, another, another great place. We need to go and clean house in every one of these red states. I think it's more important to do that than to, you know, make sure, you know, like um, pour millions into the long shot chance that maybe New York or New Jersey will have a Republican governor. Yeah. I mean, that's great and everything. Yeah. I think it's wonderful for the, for, you know, the good people who live in those states. But at the end of the day, it's not even a tenth as important as getting someone really good and based in uh, in red states. Yeah, that's good. Um, again, as someone who lives in California, I'd love to see us have a conservative governor. I was so hopeful about the the recall election. Um, Larry Elder, I was I was behind him 100. Sure. percent I was so excited that he was he was going to be our next governor, and it didn't happen. <laughs> it didn't happen for a lot of reasons. Um, but. Yeah, and I think one of the things we've seen over the last few years is how important state politicians really are to individual liberties, to freedoms, to these constitutionally protected rights. The federal government's not going to protect us, but a governor can. Um, local sheriffs can. You know, here in California, I'm in Riverside County, uh, Governor Chad Bianco, or uh, Governor, I wish, um, Sheriff Chad Bianco is our is our sheriff. Incredible. At the beginning of the lockdowns, he said, my departments, Riverside is the second largest county in California. Hmm. Um, I think in the country, it's huge. My department is not going to enforce any of these lockdowns. I believe in the Constitution. And the power that local politicians like him have is is unbelievable. Um, so, so important. And, and I, man, I agree with you. I think that's the way we get our country back. I mean, that's that's how it happens. Um Looking to the the presidential election in 24, everyone assumes that President Trump will run again. I think that's a, a fair assumption. As you mentioned, he has demonstrated that perhaps he's a little bit out of touch right now with some of the other you know, issues that people care about and with the people that we would hope would lead us. Um, is there a chance he will not run? Is there a chance that your governor, uh, DeSantis, will run? Um, or do you see something else perhaps unfolding in the next couple of years? I'm the last guy to make uh, uh, political presidential predictions about stuff like this. Um, I, I don't know. Um, as you say, all indications are that, uh, that uh, Donald Trump will run again. Um, I don't know. I, I, I believe that he shouldn't. Um, in my personal opinion, I thought that he was a fantastic battering ram. He was absolutely yeah. essential in, yeah. in in American history and taking us to the point where we are now. Um, I think yeah. we're in a better place uh, because of Donald Trump. And, um, right. and, you know, the four years of his presidency in many ways were, right. were, were great. Um, but again, he's a battering ram. And once you're inside the gates of the city, what do you do with it? Sure. Right. And, That's good. You know, we need we need another set of tools. We need another, um, you know, another. I would love for, um, you know, for DeSantis to run for president. In my personal opinion, and I've heard absolutely nothing um, uh, about this. That uh, you know, I, I I'm not giving you any um, exclusive information or anything. Sure. <laughs> um, 
I believe that he will. That's my personal opinion. Um, but you know, again, I, I just, uh, I just don't know. I mean, look, I would, I would like him to be the king of Florida. Um, sure. For the next, Separate for the next, yeah, the for the next, for the next thirty years. I mean, that's my, yeah. that's my ideal scenario. So, um, yeah. you know, whatever happens, we shall see. And it's a long way out. That's good. The battering and a ram analogy is a, that's a great analogy. Yeah, once you're in the city, once you've exposed what needs to be exposed, now we need someone who can, again, as you mentioned, articulate, uh, be very clear in their leadership and what they're trying to accomplish. And, and perhaps even someone that's a little more savvy in the political arena, I think, would probably be helpful as well. Uh, man, so many other things we could talk about. Where can people uh, follow you and the work that you do? I know your Twitter is very active, but uh, you write, you speak, you do a lot of stuff. Where can people follow you? Well, go to Substack, um, Late Republican Nonsense, and, uh, and also follow me on Twitter at, uh, at Dave Raboy. Awesome. Dave, thank you so much. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Many of our veterans feel they need to fight their battles alone. This self-isolation has led to the staggering statistic of more than 20 veterans taking their lives every day. The mission of Mighty Oaks is to eradicate the veteran suicide epidemic and help our warriors change their legacies. We've been able to help over 4,000 veterans and first responders by equipping them with the tools they need to live the lives they were created to live. Our faith-based, peer-to-peer approach has one of the highest success rates of any program available today, offering hope and understanding to those who need it most. By aligning their lives to biblical principles, these men and women are able to lead their families, their communities, and our nation. It's your generosity that can make a difference in the lives of the men and women who have fought for our country and our freedoms. Now that they're home, don't let them fight alone. Learn more at MightyOaksPrograms.org. Thank you, David, and thank you for watching and or listening. Really appreciate it. Uh, These conversations are very, very helpful as we consider what's going on around us and then attempt, (laughs) based on that information, to make good decisions. I hope that's helpful helpful to you today. Make sure, if you are not already, that you subscribe to this show on your favorite podcast platform. Go ahead and subscribe and then leave us a comment. We would appreciate that. If you'd like to watch the content and go back into our archives, you can find all of that on YouTube. Go to YouTube, search for The Situation Report. You'll find us there. Or you can go over to SalemNow.com, SalemNow.com. Thank you again, and we will talk to you next time. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.